about Batman Day? Yeah, um, I I remember it in previous years. I just forgot it was yesterday. It's weird. It's a made up holiday. Oh, all holidays are made up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the pre-show, everybody. We're talking about what we're going to do on the show. We got news. It's mostly just quick hits this week. Um, yeah, it was a great week. Kind of a boring week. We're kind of in a lull media-wise, you know. Well, uh, I mean, great shit to watch, but sure, sure. But like, you know, D twenty three was last week, so you know that was a glut of news. Yeah, it was a glut. But I mean, hey, there's Andy. Hey, Andy, thanks for checking in, buddy. Hey, we appreciate it. Definitely go to the Outright Geekery group on Facebook and check out all the cool shit he's doing over there. Somebody hit up my DMs pissed off at Andy because he kicked him out of the uh, out of the group. I didn't say shit. Andy's allowed to kick whoever the fuck he wants out of that group. If, he, if Andy's kicking him out, they deserve to get kicked out. Um, But, yeah, it's, just, it's that Gomer Taylor show. Let's do it, bro. Let's. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by assholes. Well, that's kind of hurtful since I'm the only one here, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's Andy in that fucking group. Yeah, I never... Man, oh, okay. It must, well. must have been Tuesday or Wednesday. Dude, get in my DM. I didn't even know this guy. Little did that guy... He must not know very much if he thinks of you as like a higher authority. I know, I'm not. Appeal to, I have no know? power. I have no fucking power. Greetings, geeks. Welcome back. Uh, it's another episode of This Geek in Comics, Outright Geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. It's Gomer and Taylor Hour. And yeah, I kick people out the zero. Yeah, I know, dude. Don't doubt it for a sec. Um, yeah, just kicking it. Talking comics a little bit, news. It's been a kind of a slow week. Again, we got convention season, so they kind of wait and they space it out. We got a big one coming up, but um, what I do this week? I finished Mike on Hulu. Uh, sort of a How little. Was it? it was good. I mean, it's like a mini series about Mike Tyson. Um, but Trevante Rhodes plays Mike Tyson, and he is fucking superb in this. He does a really good job. Uh, it's got a couple of powerful episodes, like the one where he goes to court for raping that, that girl. That's a really freaking great episode, dude. I mean, it's it's almost hard to watch. You know, it's that sort of yeah, TV. Yeah, sounds like a pretty heavy subject. Yeah, and then, the you know, the one or two after that where it's him coming out of jail and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, getting the horror vibes up. Oh, for sure, dude. We watch horror movies. Yeah, I mean, we're here at the uh, tail end of September now. So, yeah, it is uh, it is spooky are, season. Yeah, we are in the spooky season. Um, I don't know. What's the newest horror movie? Is there even a new horror movie? I, I heard that like Barbarian is a horror movie. Yeah, Barbarian came out recently. That's a horror movie. Um, yeah. I think Halloween Ends is coming out next month. Oh, shit, yeah. That's going to get like a dual release theaters and streaming. I am stoked mm-hmm. for that. I loved both of those. Even though the second one had its slower moments, I guess you could say it. You know, I would say now that like franchises that go on for a long time, you eventually have to ask, like, are there more good movies or bad movies? And I would say Halloween probably has more good movies than bad movies. Well, now, yeah. yeah. They took the right approach, ignoring everything after the first or first one, you know, and then, but sort of playing off the sequels, too. I saw really somebody pointing out that, like, if Season of the Witch hadn't been called Halloween Season uh, of the yeah. Witch, it would be remembered a lot better. It just yeah. had nothing to do with, you know, Mike Myers or anything. Yeah. 
It's like the second Blair Witch movie, dude. It's great, mm. but it's not a fucking Blair Witch movie, you know? Uh, don't worry, dear is coming soon. Is it Don't Worry, Dear? Is I think it's movie? Don't Worry, Darling. And I'm not yeah, sure if I would count that as a horror darling. movie. I mean, it Dude, definitely the... has some, like, psychological thriller vibes to it. But Oh, the trailer. I hadn't seen a trailer for it. I don't know if I just skipped it, but there was a trailer that played just a little one. And I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. Like, she's getting smashed between the window and yeah, the it's, uh, Oh, that was like, what? I guess, like, yeah. the horror of the cult of domesticity. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it had a, a Stepford Wives feel to it. You yeah, know, that's fair. Bit. Would you consider Stepford Wise a horror movie? No, it's a psychological thriller. I guess you could almost put it there, but it's kind I mean, of a psychological thriller. They're know? genres that thriller. shake hands really well. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that there is a distinction there. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going up against Sunday Night Football. Let's get into this. Uh, again, it's, it's mostly comic book quick hits, but we do have some pretty big news, and it's kind of weird news. Um, Josh Williamson is going to Substack. Currently, he's orchestrating the big DC event, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, but he has joined uh, Substack now, and it seems kind of weird. Uh, the specifics of his deal are a little bit weird. He doesn't have a deal. All right, not like the first round of Substackers, you know, who got like a grant at the beginning of their of their time and for like a whole year they made like i don't know half a million dollars or whatever it was a lot of money uh anyway he has got a bunch of different subscription tiers some of them one of them is 70 dollars. another one is 250 dollars for the year mm. yeah so he's asking a lot the first 500 subscribers who select one of those two tiers though will get a signed copy of nailbiter volume one and um like some cards and enamel pin, you know, extra goodies. Well, right? I mean, I, you probably could flip that for more than the subscription cost at that point. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he is bringing Nailbiter back, which is one of his, you know, outstanding independent series over there at Image Comics. It's basically there's a bunch of serial killers and they get a serial killer out of jail to hunt the serial killers. It's the Blacklist, if you've ever seen the Blacklist, but with serial killers. Uh, and he's also doing, you know, super scary uh, stories where he's going to release like sort of little one shots and vignettes and things like that. Um, these are also going to be collected in trade eventually. You know, obviously they're all doing that. But um, I think this is this might get you on board, at least on the small side subscription. He did a lot of Flash comics. Over That's true. He did. He is going to be doing a regular piece called Flash 101 where he talks about his run, Flash history, the subtle nuances of the character and the side characters. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, that It does, like yeah. That inside uh, shit. Snyder does that with um with Batman is it Snyder doesn't know Batman. Snyder did a really long run on Batman, so it probably would be. Yeah, one of the substackers is doing like a whole bunch of shit like like that inside stuff. But this has to make you wonder, okay? I don't really give a shit about Substack. It's cool to have him on there, but I point this out because why wasn't Joshua Williamson able to get in on that first year with all that money? And why has he just now started to do it? And does this say anything now that Dark Crisis is coming to an end and, and that's his, you know, current baby? Is he done? Is he done over at DC? Well, 
it seems like it's not an either or like it seemed to be at first when all these guys were jumping ship for a substack. Like Hickman's going back to do something with Marvel again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Tiny and went back to do this uh, Sandman series of books with DC. Right. So it seems like it's not as much of a mutually exclusive thing anymore. But that being said, um, it does make you wonder. Yeah. Someone who wrote as much as Williamson did for DC, it doesn't seem possible for him to do both that and all of this Substack stuff. So it, it yeah. certainly will scale back his involvement, at least. Exactly. It's definitely going to be some sort of... Thing. I don't think there's enough time in the day. I mean, he's right. he was writing right. every fucking book at DC for a well, good Robin while. Well, Robin is yeah. now done. His, his yeah. Robin is done. He's been off Flash for a while. Yeah. He is... Uh, done with he had a short jo justice league run yeah he did bendis he picked up after bendis did so yeah he was uh on a lot of very big marquee titles for them and of course now he's doing their big summer event but there's nothing after that they haven't announced the yeah, Justice true. League creator so yeah we're it does seem really like sure. he's at least scaling back his involvement yeah uh, so he does have a free subscription as well. Go to Substack, search for Joshua Williamson if you want to know that. I subscribe to the free one for all those fuckers. I read all of them. I no reason not to, right? Cool. Yeah, I think they're really cool. So uh, now sticking with DC, our, uh, and again, it's just a bunch of quick hits from here on out. Uh, they are teasing the end of Dark Crisis and possibly what comes next. Now, these are four different co covers, right? The Batman and Superman is one cover. Flash GL. You know, Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And then, oddly enough, in black and white, which I don't know if they just didn't finish the cover yet or if that's saying something. Maybe they just ran Nightwing out of colors and, to use at that point. Yeah. You know? Nightwing and it's hard to tell. Is it Black Adam or Shazam? I think it's Black Adam. I'm reasonably sure that's Shazam. I don't see Black They're Adam smiling. smiling like so, that. yeah, that yeah. makes me think it's, it's Billy. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Is this supposed uh, to be like the new Justice League, or I'm again? Well, I mean, I'm a lot not, of this is the old Justice League. So. Exactly, this is like basically the old fucking Justice League. Oh, and Nightwing. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I think that might be Wally Flash there, and not Barry. But it's hard oh, to yeah. tell what the flashes is. they all yeah, it's look really the fucking same. Um, but these are some Dan Mora covers for uh, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven. It will be a forty-page, six dollars, seven dollars if you want the cardstock variants. The Great Darkness is defeated, but the final war has only just begun between the remaining heroes and Deathstroke's Dark Army. Then that's that leads right into what you've been saying with this book. Really, it's going to take him to issue seven, the last fucking issue to get to the fight. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm sure it's not. We'll talk about the other event going on at the big two later, I'm sure. Um, I was very frustrated with it this week, but we'll talk about that later again. Um, I will say so, I do yeah. love this uh, spread here. Like this could oh, yeah. definitely be I, like a poster here. Yeah, I put that together just from those covers. But oh fuck yeah, dude, that should be a damn poster. It's beautiful. I love everything about it. Uh, if they co colored that last two, two little things, right? Uh, so th they're saying that after this is done, things are going to be moving in a different direction. Okay, uh, this is one of the covers that I definitely want to show off. Dawn of the DCU. This is going to be their next thing after Dark Crisis is over. This is an acetate cover where, as you can see, you open up the acetate, you know, little see-through plastic, and it's an awesome Nightwing cover where yep. Nightwing seems to be in grand fashion doing something amazing. Uh, he's been kind of downplayed in this event. I will say he's well, definitely a focus. The last issue for sure was like setting yeah. him up to be like, you're the guy who's got to pick up this torch. You tried to sidestep it, but it's got to be you. 
And he's really bummed out, you know, over yeah. Beast Boy getting shot and hurt and everything. He is. But I did like that moment between Alan Scott, a very underutilized character, and um, Dick Grayson. That was a really cool uh, scene from last week's Dark Crisis there. Yeah. Uh, so I will say Nightwing is probably more popular now in his Tom Taylor book than he has been in years. So oh, sure. I yeah. This I mean... is a good idea to put this character at the forefront. Uh, and let me just say, just looking at the whole history, okay? It really feels like DC after Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth is trying to do something cohesive, okay? Look at the whole scope. Doomsday Clock leading into 5G getting canceled. Future State. We don't even know what that really Yeah, was. I mean, between 5G and Future State, which yeah. it seems like 5G kind of became Future State, they seems like they've been doing a lot of backpedaling the last few yeah, years. Like they feel disjointed. They swing and miss and then have to figure out what they're doing next. And it seems like it's been that way for a minute here now. You yes. know? So now we have this being announced. We have Jeff Johns doing um, Flashpoint Beyond, and he's moving into some new Golden Age thing with Stargirl and a Justice Society. Uh, I, I still hope everything is, is connected and cohesive, and this is a great chance for them to do that. I mean, Marvel is trying to do that, but it, Judgment Day feels like it was just sort of pushed together. You know, the Avengers had their thing going on, the Eternals had their thing going on, and the X-Men had their thing going on. And having them all get together has not felt very organic. You know, it feels I can like give it's you that. kind of mushed together. I mean, I would honestly say that the event would not be terribly different if you just had the X-Men and the Eternals. The Avengers yeah. don't seem like they're contributing that much to it right now. Yeah, I mean, the Progenitor is a huge deal. but it I mean, just, that's true. It is their base that they're using as the Progenitor, but... And, oh my god, I was so pissed. At, we'll talk about it again. We'll talk about it later, because I was so pissed at this, at Judgment Day number four. I was so upset. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll look for that in December. I'm loving Dark Crisis. It's a really fun event, but an event is only as good as what comes after it. Uh, and now, again, bunch of quick hits. Um, Tales from Earth 6. All new stories based on Stanley's Just Imagine DC superheroes. You remember that shit? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. It's a 96-page prestige format one-shot um, on sale December 27th. Um, in honor of what would have been Stanley's 100th birthday on December 28th, DC is releasing Tales from Earth 6. It's a celebration of uh, of Stan Lee, and it's um, based on shit he did that were his interpretations of core DC characters that eventually DC just adopted and threw into one of the Infinite Earths, you know? Uh, it's a cool idea. It's Stan Lee. It is, just yeah. Stan Lee just, you know, having fun with the toys in the toy box. Um, it's going to have a shit ton of writers on it, man. Mark Wade, obviously. Ordway, Kenny Porter, uh, Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad, Megan Fitzmartin, Steve or Orlando, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, who still not exclusive to Marvel, which is fucking weird. Um, Zach Thompson. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Stan's DC look stuff looks amazing as fuck. It really does. It's It's a fun, different take on those characters. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, he's a fucking legend. So. Yeah, I mean, his quote-unquote distinguished competition is doing an anniversary issue for his 100th birthday, you know? Yeah, so, so that just tells know, exactly. That he is unimpeachable, you know? It's like yeah. a 
fixture in comics history. Yeah, he really is. So we'll we'll definitely look into that. I don't know, ninety six page probably going to be ten dollars or you know even more than that's going to be. If we're lucky, to, I mean, Christ. Yeah, it's going to be hard to, for pick up. Depends on the week. It is a Christmas holiday week, so we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on, more DC. Dead Boy Detectives are back. Uh, we knew this was going to happen as the Sandman universe sort of gets a revival. Uh, along with the show and DC Comics pushing everything they got. James Tynion is writing, you know, I guess the main series. But he's also kind of showrunning everything going on. Uh, Pornsack, Pishashate, and um, who's the artist they have in here? Jeff Stokely are going to jump into the Dead Boy Detectives. It sounds really fucking cool. Um, Charles Rowland, Edwin Payne, they've been detectives for decades and dead best friends even longer. Their investigation into a Thai American girl's disappearance from her L.A. home puts them on a collision course with new and terrifying ghosts straight from Thai folklore. Um, that could give even a dead boy nightmares. Uh, and yeah, Pornsack is uh, an Eisner Award uh, winner for The Good Asian. He also wrote a book called Infidel, which was a fucking brilliant horror series. Very fucking good. Um, and yeah, Jeff Stokely. Uh, and it looks really fucking cool, dude. Uh, I know you're really into that whole shit with the Sandman. Um, I really dig Dead Boy Texas. It's fun. It feels like Neil Gaiman just having fun, like Hardy Boy style with yeah. the occult. And it's just really a fun, fun, fun universe to kick it in. Yeah, this through. definitely has my interest. Um, I love that cover. Oh, um, dude. Yeah. Very macabre. But, um, yes. Yeah, they. Tiny in being the showrunner isn't too. We were alluding earlier, right, that um, they lured him back in. Yeah, it, it probably wasn't just write this book. It was also write this book and like you know, be the conductor for the whole yeah. Sandman line. Yeah, be the guy, oversee everything, and I'm sure he's having just a great time doing it. And yeah, man, this book's gonna be dope. That comes out in December as well. Uh, where are we at now? Danger Street. Uh, this is the uh, uh, the Tom King run on uh, damn what the hell is that book Rorschach with Rorschach. Is that Doctor Fate? Yes, dude. Um, Danger Street unites Tom King, Jorge Fornes, and Dave Stewart in a new black label. It's going to be a twelve issue black label series. Comes out December thirteenth for the issue one. Um, so. It's an updated version of some of DC's most obscure and offbeat superheroes, uh, which Tom King thrives, really, you know, sort of taking these lesser known, almost B and C list characters. Yeah, this is often where Tom King does his best work, like with uh, Miracle Man and, or not Miracle Man. Um, Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I did yeah. the same thing. I had Miracle Man in my head today because they're announcing like that uh, Neil Gaiman is like supposed to come back and continue his Miracle Man story from like a billion years ago. We'll but... see how that works out. I didn't even have that news because I did. It's whatever. It doesn't mean much yeah. to me. But anyway, Mr. Yeah. Miracle, and um, I really enjoyed uh, Strange Adventures. I'm enjoying uh, Human Target so far. So yeah, this probably is going to be along that same vein. And yeah, I definitely will check out the first issue at least. Yeah, so joining the Justice League is a goal for any superhero, but what happens when a quest for membership takes a sinister turn? Starman, Metamorpho, and Warlord, as they look to prove themselves worthy by summoning and defeating Darkseid in battle. Soon they'll learn that calling upon a new god never ends well, and their world is headed for disaster as a result. 
The journey to save the day will be a treacherous one filled with princesses, knights, and all kinds of monsters. Each person the heroes encounter plays a crucial role in a sprawling yet gripping narrative that's a little bit silly, a whole lot of dark, and completely cool. Man, there's a mixed bag there. It sounds pretentious as fuck, but it sounds like, oh man, I want to fucking see what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this isn't going to be a thing where he like disappears up his own ass with it. Exactly. But if he pulls it off, that does sound like it could be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. Again, look for that uh, in December, December 13th. We will definitely be picking that one up. I am stoked for uh, Danger Street. I want to check that shit out. Uh, All right, moving on to Marvel. A few Marvel quick hits. Scarlet Witch is back. Uh, Steve Orlando and Sarah Pichelli. Pichelli? I think it's maybe Pichelli. I think it's um, Pichelli, but yeah. Either way, yeah. she's a great artist. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Coming back um, after the trial of Magneto, Wanda is, Wanda is reborn as the hero the Marvel Universe needs her to be. Uh, that's really all the information we have. It's going to be some beautiful fucking work. You know, the art's going to be beautiful. Steve Orlando's hit or miss with me, so we'll see how it goes. It's kind of hard to fuck up Wanda, though. It's kind of hard to fuck up the Scarlet Witch. It is. It just is. She's, I mean, she's layered. She's, but it's not really complex. Her layers, you know, she's just sort of boilerplate soap opera drama queen most of the time. Well, she is the most uh, frequent romantic interest for the Avengers throughout the years. Like every Avenger had a crush on her at one point. Yeah. And that's another question. Where is this going to fit into the rest of the, um, uh, universe. There's a big magic push in the universe right now. Uh, I think we're going to talk about that later um, with Midnight Suns that dropped last week. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of room, a lot of potential for this character. It's weird that they're taking her the hero route. You know, I like Wanda as a villain. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. Uh, ben just making her a villain for Disassembled and then moving that right into House of M was epic. I still love the hell out of that shit so much. Uh, and they leaned into that for the MCU, and it's kind of weird that they're going to kind of lean away from it now. So, I don't necessarily um, like prefer <laughs> villain Wanda over hero Wanda, but I do agree that our most recent um, presentation for Wanda in the uh, bi- on the big screen was villain Wanda. Yeah. So it does seem weird that they're not like synergizing that right now. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but we're definitely going to pick that up. I'm a huge fan of the artist and the character. Orlando, eh, I don't know. Uh, another hit from uh, Marvel. We got a couple more. Kang witnesses a shocking look at the Marvel Universe in Timeless number one. They did this last year. Timeless number one, 2021. This is Timeless number one, 2022. Jed McKay, Salvador LaRocca, Greg Land, and Pat Zercher doing the art. Uh, this is going to go on sale December 28th. Um, it's sort of one of these spotlight highlight books that well, leans into what they're going to do in the next 12 months at Marvel Comics. We're seeing a conspicuous I, amount of Kang lately. You know? oh, they they did this sure. last year. They had that Kang series last year. They're having this this year. He was the villain in that uh, Mech Strike thing. So, yeah, I mean, the hype train is building up for Kang showing up in uh, Ant-Man next year and then being like no. the big bad for a while. Yeah, there's a Marvel fucking Avengers movie literally named after him. So The Kang Dynasty. Kang Dynasty. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure what else to say about this. It's going to be a bunch of little short stories that just are ba- – it's basically a trailer, you know, for everything else that's going to come in 2023. 
I don't know. These books, it feels like you can't miss them, but then when you get them, it's like, okay, I didn't really get anything out of that, but a trailer for other shit. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick it up, but I feel bad about it. You know? So I love that cover though, with all the different scenes. That is a cool cover for sure. Yeah. It's a really cool cover and it's bound to have a lot more. So we'll talk more about that when it gets closer, but the big Marvel news this week, besides the Neil Gaiman, uh, Miracle Man shit. He's back. Miles Morales, new book, new creative team. Spider Man number one hits um, in December. It is Cody Ziegler and Federico Vicentini. And he's sort of going back to the basics with the character. He's been multiversal jumping. He's dealt with clones. He's been jumping into the fucking future and meeting old man Peter Parker. It's been weird, but fun. So they're taking it back to where he's going to school, going home, having to deal with, you know, teenager shit with his parents, having to babysit his sister it is and still be a Spider-Man. Saladin Ahmed's run is a tough act to follow, but <laughs> I, I agree with the approach here because mm-hmm. you're right. He was doing all sorts of like zany off the wall stuff. And it is kind of good to kind of get back to, you know, street level Spider-Man for a while. Yeah, dude. That's my favorite sort of Spider-Man. I think that's everybody's favorite yeah, I mean, sort that's, of Spider-Man, dude. That is really where the character does best, both Peter and Miles. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like him when they go big. Oh, sure, sure. Go, yeah. But when they go big with Peter or any Spider-Man, you want it to feel sort of like a fish out of water, like he's in over his head. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the best way to take spider-man really big there's been a lot of great stories with like spider-man on the avengers both spider-man on the avengers you know yeah but yeah i agree that ultimately this character is kind of like the definitive street level hero yeah for sure yeah without a doubt so it's really cool that zody's uh, cody ziggler's you know gonna lean into that so it's coming out in december i don't have a firm date on that yet but we will be picking it up. I know I'll be picking it up. It's been my favorite Spider-Man book for a while. so Not uh, a lot of stiff competition there, but yeah, yeah I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, all right, just moving into the uh, smaller press stuff. There was a lot of little bitty news from the smaller press, but I chose a couple. Lieber Mayho is doing a three-issue book at Boom with writer Mattson Tomlin called Vicious Circle. Vicious Circle follows two men with a curse. Every time they kill, they involuntarily travel across time and space. Sean Thacker is a trained assassin with this affliction, and he's bent on getting revenge from the other man who is unnamed in the announcement. But my guess would be that it's fucking him. Just bouncing around time, just like he is. I mean, it's got to be someone. If they're not going to reveal it, there's got to be something to yeah, that gotta reveal. Yeah, there's got to be some hook there. But it's impossible to beat this fucking Lieber Mayho art. He's such a good artist. I love his work in so much. He's so great. Um, did you read that Dear Detective that came out a couple weeks ago? The Batman book that was just his covers? I flipped through it. I didn't It was wanna... really fun, dude. It looked really good, and I was tempted to get it. But it was hard for me to get just like a cover book for that much. Yeah, but it was really unique the way that he told a story. Oh, sure, sure. Covers. And like, hey, I mean, they kind of stealthily. Stealthily yeah. did it too, you know, because like yeah. he didn't was really that announce the whole that, like, time. Yeah, was yeah. that his plan the whole time? So that is very neat. I love that concept. Yeah, but, just but yeah, so. um, that cover is all over the place. But like after you tell me what the premise is, it does. You know that that tracks. You know, yeah, that, it makes a lot. We of have sense. like fucking dinosaurs and 
assassin yeah, Doctor like, Doom, whoever that is. I don't know. Right, and it looks like we got Burning Cross. There's going to be some, you know, back in the day KKK action yep. going on. So yeah, I'm really into this. Uh, that's on Boom Studios coming out again in December. Finally, before we get into She-Hulk, record-breaking cover: 300 individual characters on this cover for GI Joe, a real American hero, number 300. Uh, IDW finally made the announcement that this is the issue coming out. It was all about Larry Hama, the godfather of GI Joe. Um, he was working at Marvel back in the day. Nobody else wanted the job. Nobody wanted to do a licensed book at that time. It wasn't cool. Um, it, it's an arguable statement, but GI Joe changed that. It changed the idea that you could be a successful comic book creator doing licensed shit. You know, uh, Transformers to another extent, ROM even a little bit. But um, after G.I. Joe's success in Transformers, everybody was getting fucking comics. You know, everybody got a fucking comic. And um, I mean, you can make the argument about He-Man as well, but I'm not going to. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, humility from uh, Larry Hama about this you know he did 155 issues at marvel and then idw got the license and they picked him up and he's done another 150 there it's been 40 years of gi joe comics that he has done uh he said after the first arc he didn't know where to go he had no idea what to do he told himself i'm just gonna keep writing these characters fuck continuity fuck the history forget everything that that you know and just go with it and it worked for him uh, the one quote I will take from him. Somehow, though, I suspect the story doesn't completely end here, that the story will go on, and the pit, that's their base, the G.I. Joe base, the pit will not be in mothballs for long. See you in the next incarnation. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll see Larry Hama. Go. We don't know where the book is going. Oh, hey, never say never, right? Yeah, we don't know where Joe or Transformers is going to end up in terms of uh, publishing rights. Uh, right now, I think the front runner is Image Comics Skybound uh, with Kirkman. But yeah, if Kirkman is picking it up and he is the fan that, that he claims and seems to be, yeah, I don't see why Larry Hammond wouldn't pick this up and do another 100 issues, you know? I mean, even so, if he's not like the writer, you know, he is as associated with a property as a writer possibly can be. So you got to oh, think like yes. he hasn't written his last script for G.I. Joe one way or the other, you know? Yeah. I think so too, man. So yeah, I do love uh, this cover. Just like a you know uh, celebration of, you know, a lot of these characters. I'm sure were ones that he had to create for the comics. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, right? without a doubt, dude. Yeah, most of these are his creation, and uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, uh, my favorite story about GI Joe is Hasbro folks took the first you know six to eight GI Joe characters to Marvel Comics and said, okay, we need a story, and Larry Ham was like, well, who do they fight? And they're like, what do you mean? Who who do they fight? And he invented Cobra on the spot. You know what I mean? Like during the pitch meeting where he was like, well, who do they fight? Just asking normal, basic plot questions that any creator would ask. He just created one of the most legendary organizations in fiction, you know? So oh, yeah. I, I mean, fucking amazing. It's shit. so difficult to imagine G.I. Joe if they weren't like eternally pitted against Cobra, you know? Yeah. It, uh, Cobra has the better characters, man. You know, Cobra Commander, Destro. What? It's so stupid. I love it. Zartan? Are you kidding me? Uh, all right. Moving on. Finally, in the new She Hulk review, uh, episode five Mean Green and Straight Poured into These Jeans. 
Uh, finally get some courtroom drama, more Titania, you know, who I adore. Uh, a really fun episode as usual. Um, but it was really all about the fashion, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't already started selling Avengers t-shirts, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure they they will, dude. I'm sure oh, I'm, they, I'm sure. I mean, they will only be available at, you know, whatever. Like, you have to go to Disney World. Yeah, you have to go to, like, Avengers Florida, Campus or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, I would get those shirts at a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would I mean, yeah, they, Avengers shirt. It looks like we're getting uh, Daredevil sooner rather than later, so that's really cool. Yeah, Andy. It was a short episode this week. Yeah, yeah was... all of them are short, dude. It's going to be a really fun. This series one felt to stream. especially short, but yeah, it's going to be a really fun series to stream once it's all said and done. But yeah, week to week, it is very short. Almost doesn't seem worth it. But I'm really enjoying all of the episodes. Oh, it's uh, a lot this, of fun. Yeah, uh, great post credits. Uh, oh yeah, we got. It wasn't even a post credit scene. It was more like while they're running the credits, they put these cool animations in. But yeah, there's every damn Easter egg in the in the Marvel universe. Yeah, we got the Cyclops shoes, the Thing shoes, uh, Wolverine shoes. I think we got some Doctor Doom shoes. Yeah, Deadpool's in there. Wolverine. I mean, you name it, they're in there. Black Panther in there. Uh, just really fun. I think the reason they're able to do this is because they do control the animation rights for X Men and stuff right now. Yeah, yeah. But they don't control the screen rights for them as of yet. They own mm. them, but I think there's still some sort of contractual thing. Well, Shit, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, but otherwise, yes, a very cool episode. We're about halfway through. There's nine episodes total, so we got four more. Uh, Matt Murdock is definitely showing up. They showed off the cow. He's going back to the original yellow and red. And uh, it has been confirmed that it is basically a reboot. They're going to sort of remember and recall the Netflix shit that happened. Well, yeah. But I like, think that's better. I think that's better. It's going to stand on its own is the bottom line. Like, yes. they're probably not going to contradict anything that came from the Netflix stuff. They but... don't even know what they could. You know, yeah, I mean, that they did in Netflix was sort of, you know, Matt Murdock, Daredevil. Yeah, that's I mean, at it was the core just of the character. Yeah, and that's to the show's credit that they really did just concentrate on like boilerplate, like this is Daredevil, we're bringing him to life on the screen type of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, again, Titania was fun. A little bit weird with the courtroom drama, but we knew this was going to be a courtroom drama. So it was an excuse to bring Titania back into it. And like you said, she's a fun character. You like yeah. love to hate what it like. I like the influencer angle that they're giving to her. That was a cool oh, yeah. way to bring the character in, you know? Yeah, agreed. Um, I, again, the comedy is at the forefront. It's a funny show, but they're really subtly showing how terrible it is to be Jennifer Walter. She just wants to be Jen Walter. She can't. She's got to be She-Hulk. And it kind of sucks, you know? She doesn't want to. Again, I said it last time. Is She's sort of the anti-Tony Stark. Tony Stark, I am Iron Man. Jen Walters didn't want to be She-Hulk, didn't even want to fight for the name, but sort of had to. Yeah, that's a good take. Her. Like, she is easily the most reluctant superhero we've seen put into this. Like, she just, yeah. she had a life already, you know, and she was doing yeah. well for herself. She had achieved, like, a good, like, position in her career. It's like, uh, in the DA's office and everything, and this upended her life. Yeah. In and a way that we haven't seen in the MCU yet. Yeah, and it does sort of play into Bruce Banner and the Hulk because, if anything, he's the second most reluctant hero. You know, yeah. previously the most reluctant hero in the MCU. He doesn't want to do what he's doing. You know, they've made jokes about it. Um, but yeah, we're still going to watch it. 
we got another episode next week. Again, there's like four more episodes, so uh, we'll see where things are going. I think what I'm most interested in is how they're going to cap off the show first to make it a whole satisfying season. Well, bringing in Matt Murdock, but also sort of maybe laying at least a brick or two in the road that Jen Walters will be taking after this the show ends. You have you know, to think she's going to show, show up in up. the Avengers at some point. Right, or champions or, or you something. You would assume so, yeah. You know? But yeah. it looks uh, like they're he, building up to, like, th- there was that guy who, like, sent the wrecking crew after her, so that's probably yeah. our end game for this season. Yeah, I would think so, too. Uh, the great thing about her being like a superhero lawyer, just like damage control, you can bring in damage control every episode of any series, any movie. You'd say, nope, this is Department of Damage Control. We know what it is. And they can do that here. Um, anytime yeah, I mean, in any we... series, they need a lawyer. Now you got two of them. Now you got Matt Murdock and Jennifer Walters. You know? That should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so, too. So. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that. Then she now. wasn't here last week to talk about uh, Madison. That was oh man, yeah, she's taking over. Um, good for Wong, I guess. Good job, bro. I got a buddy to watch uh, the Sopranos the with. Sopranos with. Incidentally, bro. I saw some people were complaining about them spoiling episodes of the Sopranos nah, last week. If you haven't watched Sopranos now, you're not gonna. Yeah, watch the statute it's of on limitations you. on that is past. It was 15 years ago. And the thing about that fucking spoiler is. Literally everybody on that show dies. Okay, that's the point of the fucking show. Okay, mm-hmm. literally everybody on that show. I think yeah, I mean, you can count on one hand the people who, who make live. it to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not really a spoiler. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, we got some gross. Mmm, yummy. And your one week break is over from from there. Yeah, it was so fun while it lasted. It was. We got a double dose of gross. Johnny Rockets, which is a nationwide chain of of restaurants yeah there's one like at opry mills around here. yeah there's one at opry mills there's one yeah so it's a little shitty place but they are doing uh, beer infused milkshakes Uh, man it's nasty when i first saw this like oh are they selling milkshakes and like oh no these are beer milkshakes these are beers based on their famous why i mean i would like that was my question i would like either of these separately but it just doesn't seem like something that i you should be combining together i don't want like a thick strawberry beer you know yeah uh oddly enough september is national milkshake month i would not have guessed oh hey i should get use that excuse to get some milkshakes soon there you go i don't need an excuse to get milkshakes but if i have one that's true we can just go get cakes and milkshakes (laughs) whenever we want it's one of the perks of being an adult uh, so Johnny Rockets is teaming up with Santa Monica Brew Works for the release of two milkshakes, strawberry milkshake porter and chocolate peanut butter milkshake porter starting September 12th. Um, yeah, that's fucking nasty. Um, so as a beer lover, I'm going to pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, enjoy I mean, beer I'd enjoy the beer. I'd enjoy the milkshake, but I don't want a beer milkshake. Yeah, why would I put those two together? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now on the second second part we have even worse well, oh maybe god worse. this is maybe no this is definitely worse like it already good, zaxby's is giving away new sauce flavored popsicles uh, giving away because there ain't no fucking way anybody's man gonna they saw it. that stupid fucking ketchup thing from a few weeks ago <laughs> and they thought oh this is a good idea uh so uh zaxby's has teamed up with an alabama-based gourmet popsicle band called brand called frio's uh, for the introduction of sauce-flavored popsicles, you can get them on September 19th. 
That is tomorrow, y'all. Get your ass to Zaxby's and get your popsicle on. Man, it's inherently absurd. This is a tongue torch popsicle. That's, yeah, that's the most ridiculous fucking thing. Yeah, um, it's Zach sauce, which is their traditional sauce, dude. The Zach sauce is fucking great. Is it good in popsicle form? I have. I my would doubts. not imagine. I would yeah. not think so. But yeah, and then the, like you said, it the tongue torch. That seems so contradictory to me. Like, why do you want? Let cold me just lick hot? this burning hot popsicle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's fucking nasty. But there, uh, yeah, there's your food news for the week, everybody. Go out man, and get those available now. I, I, okay, so I was really down on the beer milkshakes there, but they were so much better than option two here. Oh, I would if it's fear factor. I'm choosing the the beer milkshake every I'm time. Not having yeah, yeah, I don't want a spicy popsicle. What? What? Uh. All right, let's do comics. Man, it was a banner week. I guess the first thing I have to ask, and I, I, it's a bit, it's a bit out of sorts here. It's a bit different than we usually do. Taylor, I'm going to ask a question: Is Judgment Day number four on your list this week? I'll give it an honorable mention. Let's talk about it then. Okay. Kieran Gillen, Valerio Sheedy, Mark Brooks, issue number four of the seven-issue event going on. This event fucking sucks. I hate it. At least stuff is happening in this one. But what is happening? The progenitor is judging people, and it doesn't matter because at the end of the book, the progenitor's like, nah, fuck it, y'all. And I'm like, well, I knew that was going to happen. How did the X-Men – how were they able to join the Unimind? How does that even work? Weren't they deviants last year? If they issue? were ruled as deviants, do deviants get into the Unimind? I don't I know. I don't think they do. I thought that was the whole point of the Unimind. Apparently, their deviants are mutant enough to use the oh. gate, so maybe mutants are deviants enough to do the Unimind. I don't know, man. Don't well, also, they have like a bunch of, they have like 14 Omega level psychics that maybe they can just like oh, force maybe. their way in. Yeah, maybe. Um, even them awakening the celestial, that seems really pointless. Why did you guys do that? Why did, everything was going so well? Supposedly that, that it would just tell the Eternals to fuck off, but then it didn't do that. So that was definitely a silly mistake on their part. Uh, and there's all this judging. Why? Why? <laughs> okay, so the reason this is an honorable mention is because I loved a lot of the judgments that were being made here. Yeah, Like, I really liked going around and getting, like, you know... Oh, I've got them um, here. Yeah, I love um, – some of them are kind of cop-outs, like uh, Luke Cage being like – I like oh, he was being political. He was, being he, was he was. And you know what? Hey, that's a fair point that like, you know, okay, well, fuck you. Thumbs down then. I especially <laughs> like uh, Ms. Marvel and um, uh, Miles Morales get like instant thumbs up because they're just, yeah. you know, good people. I love yeah. that like, you know – Professor X not giving the time of day to his son is his thumbs down. Um, that was weird. Doctor Doom's is obviously my favorite. No, Doctor Doom's <laughs> is perfectly Doom. Per best written judgment of all. You know, he's like, oh well, you yeah. win just because you're so fucking stubborn and probably right that I'm not going to do it. He is. He is true to himself. You know, to such yeah. a degree that yeah, he couldn't help but judge it. And I also love Daredevils quite a lot. Oh, I love the Daredevil. I thought that was perfect. It. You know, not yes. only do you fail because you fail to live up to your own impossible standards, which is kind of the same reason Captain America failed. But you know, you I love the it. like. Yeah. He he weeps under his mask. It's like I know, and then he just gets back to it. That is yeah. quintessential Daredevil right really there, is. and I love it. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and then they lose at the end. Everybody's dead. They lose. 
mean, that's the fucking yeah, Rocks fall, everybody dies at the end. Yeah, I that. was really pissed off. I did not like it at all. I was very upset. So uh, I'm thinking it might be like a fake out. Like maybe it's another one of his like psychic projection. They things. did that once before. It would be lame if they did it twice. That's yeah. True. Even the first maybe time it's not it was kind of I lame. honestly don't know. The worst part about this series is it's fucking ruining all the other books. X-Men Red should have been way better than it was this week. Even Man, though it was that's okay, my number one. Fuck it you. was fucking great, but yeah. it being looped in with the axe shit just really put me off, dude. I didn't like it. But anyway, my regular honorable mentions, uh, a Dark Horse this week from Aftershock Comics, the 06 Protocol, number one. Uh, Lee Turner and Cliff Richards is fucking nuts, dude. It's so convoluted. That I'm not even sure I want to try to explain it, but there was like a government experiment to make superhumans. It went awry. Decades later, they send assassins out to take out these poor psycho bastards. But the best assassin on their team ends up falling in love with one of these experiments. They have a kid. They have the whole family life. And then this shit just explodes into like this spy action drama. The first issue was like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. But it was great. It was it was really fun. Yeah, it sounds good. like they are kind of like uh, hitting the ground running there with like, okay, yeah. here's our setup. Also, this woman has like, you know, this super convoluted past. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, dude. Uh, but my actual honorable mention, and this book is retired, but I have to bring it up. A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number 11. Rick Remender, Andre Araujo, and Crystal Halloran. This was the end of the series. And it was fucking amazing, dude. One of the best series I've read in years. Um, kind of sad to see it go, but it was such a satisfying ending. Um, so damn good. Pick this up, Taylor. I know you usually buy your image um, in trade. This is definitely one to get. Um, it's hyper-violent, um, but it's got this weird heart to it. And, yeah, when they pull off the vengeance at the end, you get it, man. It hits you right in the heart, and you really feel it. So, oh, that's one I can definitely look forward to. Yeah. Uh, but my number three, Ethan Sachs, uh, Luigi Zagaria, David Nakayama did a great cover for Midnight Suns, number one. Um, pretty fun book. Amazing team lineup. I love every fucking buddy on this damn team. Um, it, a fun foundation built up on this first issue, spinning out of Strange Academy. Um, already with the fucking cool cameos. I mean, Doom shows up at the end. Fucking great. Um, well, it's but, always a fun thing to yeah, see. Yeah, there's the whole team in action. Uh, but basically, some weird magic shit happens, and all the magic users, occult people, and Wolverine for some reason, uh, just hang out and kick it and kick. They ass, had to so. put a character in there that people recognize. That's right. the real you know, reason how, you that Wolverine is Blade there. Is. I don't know how anybody doesn't know who Blade is yet. Blade, no, I think that's fair, but Wolverine is definitely on a whole different level than Blade as far as like recognition factor. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, great start to that. I had a really fun time with it. Uh, Midnight Suns number one. Uh, they're hot again, dude. You know, they're hot again. I love that occult shit. So, you know, Agatha Harkness has a huge thing happening to her next issue. They're de-aging her. Well, yeah, they want to get her looking like um, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Catherine <laughs> Uh All right, Taylor, honorable mentions and number three. I'll do uh, quite a few honorable mentions this week. Um, I already mentioned um, Judgment Day I liked because of the judgments, uh, mostly. Yeah. Um, I Miss Marvel and Venom was fun. This is a consistently fun. a very fun book. They made fun. It, they, <laughs> when the dude pulled like a Tetsuo. I was reading it like, yeah. oh, well, he's doing a Tetsuo. And then later <laughs> exactly. in the book, it, like, yeah, later in the book, she's like, they're going all Tetsuo. I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess I did yes. pick up what you were putting down. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, that was fun. Uh, Daredevil continues to be a great book. It would be top three, but this is kind of like a transition issue. Um, the whole first arc seems to be a fucking transition arc. That's fair because off, they kind of renumbered an existing run. So that is a fair thing to say. That being said, I loved that last issue. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, the whole series is good so far, but it's a slow burn because I've already been there. I know what's happening. That's fair, but I still enjoyed it. But yeah, honorable I love mention tour, because of the tour. Yeah. Basically, of New York. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the book was Luke Cage being such a oh, boss. Luke Cage the boss. He's in over his head with the strong ones, though. He is. And you and I don't think you're caught up on them. Don't count him out, man. But yeah, oh no, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Um, last honorable mention for Jurassic League. Um, this this is fun as hell. This is definitely the let's set up for the big finale issue, though. Yeah. So it doesn't quite make it into my top three this week. But this book rules. You should definitely be picking it up. Um, yeah. Along that same four. vein, um, my number three this week is Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number five. Nice. Really, yeah, this big. is yeah. This is the exact same energy as that Jurassic League. It's big, dumb, stupid fun, but. This one was a conclusion issue where the other one was setting up the conclusion issue. So yeah. that puts it in the top three. But yeah, I mean, this cover tells you everything you need to know. It's the Megazord and the Dragonzord and Godzilla fighting King Ghidorah. What the fuck else do you need to know? This yeah. is, you know. It, it, it was pretty predictable. You, I mean, just like every uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode ever. Yeah. Um, but that didn't take away from the fun. It yeah. Big, I do appreciate... Spreads. Yeah. yeah, I did appreciate that. Like they had Godzilla be like, "And now you're my final opponent," to yeah. the Megazord at the end. Like I thought it would be kind of lame if they had Godzilla be like, "We're cool now, Megazord. You get on out of here." No, no, <laughs> Godzilla fucking uh, loosed his atomic breath on them as soon as everyone right. else was down. Right. Oh uh, yeah, this has been a really fun series, dude. This is it, right? This is the last issue. Yeah, this was the last yeah. issue. I mean, they left it on like a "we could do more if we wanted to" type of vibe, but. Yeah. Um, I also like how, like, the, the controllers are like, and now we shall return to our home planet. Oh, no, Godzilla! And he just, like, fucks them. At the yeah. End. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Uh, again, big, that's fun, but what would you expect from a Godzilla and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in it? I so, mean, you shouldn't expect anything else, to be sure. So, yeah, yeah. that's my number three. Awesome. Good choice. Uh, back to me, number two. Batman versus Robin, number one. Mark Wade and Mahmoud Azrar. Uh, mostly picked this up because of the amazing pacing of Mark Wade, the way he paced out these fights in here um, through the Batcave where Batman is sort of having to protect Alfred, who we're still not really sure is the actual Alfred or not, while a magically possessed Damien is trying to take him over with some of his magical best friends. Um, uh, yeah, Silver Coin was fantastic this week. Uh, Andy's calling out. I think Silver two. Coin is one of uh, Gomer's retirees. It is retired. Um, but that was Pornsack Pinochet doing horror in there. I'm telling you, if you have not read his Infidel, read Infidel. It is some amazing fucking horror. Um, but yeah, just big, dumb, stupid fun in this too. But it's serious. It feels like there's actually going to be repercussions of this at some point, And that's been missing. Uh, here's your final thing here where, you know, mother soul is hanging out with some big ass demon. Who's got a bunch of cool magical shit hanging out. Um, Wade's a master, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for like 50 fucking years. Um, Mahmoud Azrar is amazing. So yeah, this series really kicked off um, with great pacing, really exciting shit. Um, a lot of heart, a lot of feeling. Uh, it's good for Batman fans. If you're currently a Batman fan and been, have been keeping up with, 
everything going on in the Batman end of uh, DC Comics, this is the book for you. And well, I, 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 I overlooked this one this it. week. I'll have to go back and check it out. Yeah, it was really fun, dude. It was really cool. So, uh, yeah, Batman versus Robin. That's a five-issue miniseries, I think, maybe a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, fantastic issue. Fantastic debut issue. So, uh, Number two, sir. My number two is Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 15. Um, awesome, we get a conclusion to this long-running story arc that we've had, and it really delivers well. Yeah, that was what I was going to bring up first, was that, like, they do the fucking meme slap, and it's awesome here. I love Damien's attitude in this, man. He like, is Tom t- great. Like, this uh, Bendix guy is such a piece of shit, and, like, yeah. you really enjoy watching uh, Robin just fucking dunk on him here. Yeah. I felt bad watching uh, – what's his name? Get slapped by his mom, though, you know? So it had – Yeah, I mean, it had a lot of weight to it. it um, yeah. It was handled really well. This That panel right there is maybe like a – you couldn't make a more quintessential Superman power, you know, yep. jumping in front of the danger to save as many people as he can. And I also love Lex Luthor coming in and just fucking uh, wrecking Bendix here at the end. Yeah, yes. showing that Bendix was just a pawn the whole time. And I love yeah. the idea of that because Lex Luthor in this series has kind of been in the background moving the pieces around. Because if you remember, yeah. they did play chess. That was like their whole thing. And – I really hope they stick with that with Lex Luthor. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, this has been very well written. Lex Luthor. I love like he like vents him out into space and it's like, there's no noise in space. Dumbass. I can't hear you you complain in space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just really a bunch of fun. And then the kiss. Uh, I mean, John's been out to his family and his friends for some time, but now he's out to the world. Yeah. And this is pushing into the return of Kal-El. Um, you know, Clark, regular old Superman, the original Superman is coming back. They're going to lean into it hard in the Son of Kal-El book. Yeah. Also in Superman, also in action. Um, going to make it a big, huge event that he's coming back. And I am all for it. I don't think I have been this excited well, yeah, Superman, about like, Superman in such a long time. I'm definitely looking forward to this issue's take, uh, this series' take on uh, Kal-El's yeah. return more than anything else because – Tom Taylor has such a talent for writing these heartfelt moments, for writing these connections between people. And I yeah. can't wait to see his take on, you know, father and son next issue. Yeah. But yeah, this was a satisfying time. conclusion to something they've been building up for this entire book so far. So yeah, they nailed it. And yeah, definitely gets my number two. Yeah. Excellent choice. Great read. Uh, my number one, I don't think there was any arguing at all. 10,000 Black Feathers, the next chapter in the Bone Orchard Mythos. Jeff Lemire, along with Dave Stewart, with Andrea Sorrentino, arguably the best writer on the planet, arguably the best creative team in the business, has done it again. Just a triumph. Um, Oh, yeah. No pushback from me there. Yeah. Yeah. Our lead is um, a horror writer who writes novels kind of down on her luck. She decides to go to her childhood best friend's home um, and reminisces with her mother. Um, but she's haunted in the present by the legacy of her past. I don't want to give too much away, but it's kind of easy to figure out. Um, it's told using two different art styles, um, just showing how um, Sorrentino, you know, works. And it, it's just p- perfect, dude. Um, this issue lays a foundation for the series by focusing on the characters. Um, but you still really just feel the history and and what had happened to these characters. It's like you were there. It's just so well done. Lemire's a fucking genius. 
Um, and him and Sorrentino, again, best on the planet right now. Perfect issue. Cannot wait for more. Um, and, yeah, Andy agrees with me. His number one this week, Bone Archer, Mythos, 10,000 Black Feathers. Excellent choice, dude. Yeah, blown well, away by the – I'll have my usual indie lag on this, but, yeah, yeah looking forward to yeah. it when it comes out. Yeah, just a fantastic read. Um, I can't wait for more. I can't wait till next month. You know a book is good when you put it down and you're like, fucking A, I need more, you know. Probably so. a soon-to-be retiree then. Oh, yeah. With that, well, I think it's only five issues, so maybe. We'll oh, see okay. how it goes. But, yeah, two or three issues on the list in a row. Yeah, you're done. You're retired. I got to make room. Uh, but, yeah, that leads us to Taylor and his number one. He's already let the cat out uh, of the Yeah, bag. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, X-Men Red, number six. Um, axe tie-in. It is an axe tie-in, but it's also moving a lot of pieces that we've already seen in place. Like, even Nova, who has been, like, sporadically showing up in this book, he has, like, a really character-defining moment here, right? Like, it's all He's up to me. He's got two little moments. There's another page that sort of mirrors this one where yeah. Iska's on the top and Nova's at the bottom. Uh, very well done. Um yeah, I don't think I've ever been a, a as big of a fan of Richard Ryder as I am right fucking now at this panel. I want to read his entire fucking life story just looking at that panel. It's awesome. I love that guy. Uh, I forgot how much how how much I used to enjoy him. He kind of got lame, you know, moved around on the different teams. Um, yeah, I mean, Annihilation Wave was probably too. back when he was, like, really, really cool. Yeah, Iska's dope here, too, because... Her power is switching sides, you know? Yeah, and, like, we kind of get her eternal monologue here of how, yeah. like, that is that can be a terrible burden, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, in the, in the middle there, we got Fisher King, who is oh, such yeah. a brilliant inclusion in this. And we find out that he's on the fucking uh, Great Ring of Odraco. Yeah, isn't he on, like, the Nightwing, though? He's on, he's on like, the Night Council, whatever the hell that means. So we're finally like starting to get angle. that. Yeah. No Omega Mutants on there. Uh I don't know. I had a little bit of trouble exactly understanding fully. They've just teased it so far, but yeah. I love the way that they tease things. I Because, like, we've already seen uh, back with uh, Sword and now with this how, like, he's brilliant, Al Ewing is, at yeah. teasing these things out. And then it's really satisfying when we finally get to the end. So I absolutely have faith there. But, yeah, the big showstopper moment um, is Magneto and uh, Storm just pulling the fucking iron core of the planet out to wreck one of... Um, Uranus's weapon things. This, yeah, like, he had like a silicon-based monster that regenerated itself. Uh, I really loved how Ewing sort of played off of them having a BDS sexual moment. You know, he even said aftercare. You know, used the term aftercare, um, which is like a moment, a phrase used in the BDSM community for after the deed is done, taking care of your partner who may have bruises and things like that. But it just really worked the intimacy that Storm and Magneto share. And there's a history there. And I thought that was very well done, how their powers mesh up, him leaning into that. Um, this motherfucker, like Kylo Ren, you know, Magneto's literally holding his body together with his own powers. Like Yeah, Kylo like... Last issue, Stinger, where, like, Magneto is somehow alive without his heart. And, like, yeah, it makes sense because he is using his magnetism to move his own blood around now. Oh, that's, that's fucking crazy cool. Magneto dude. has been awesome as shit in this series yeah. so far. And this gives them an out because if he can keep himself alive, they mentioned it in here. Get your ass to the healing gardens. We'll fix you up and then everything will be cool. So remember, we were worried about him not having a backup of himself. Um, 
Yeah, yeah but he's, he's still fucking Magneto, you know? He's still fucking Magneto. Uh, yeah, and here's the whole team, you know, getting ready to do their thing. Um, I still kind of hate this book. I don't want Mars to be destroyed. I want Mars back. Hopefully they can fix that after this whole axe thing is done. But it being a tie-in really, really just makes me mad because I'm not enjoying the event. But this issue was dope. This Man, was you dope. don't have to read Axe at all, I think, to enjoy these last two issues that were tie-ins yeah, to right. Axe. You just know right. so, some big bad fucker showed up, and now yeah. all of Morocco is fighting him. That's really all you need yeah. to know. Uh, it's weird that he can even push the political shit forward with the whole ring, adding the night ring or whatever the hell. So, yeah, bravo Man, on Ewing, man. The, Krakoan politics book and the Iraqo politics book are some of my favorite X books right now. And that yeah. is so weird to me. Yeah. And Stefano Caselli, you know, doing art on this. Man. Oh, yeah. I've loved that dude since the first time he ever did a book. He used to do the Secret Warriors book back in the day. Man, he had to run on just, Spider-Man for a while. That was yeah, pretty damn good. Yeah, he's just fucking great. So, uh, yeah, it was a banner fucking week of comics. Did you read the Flash book? I didn't either. No, because it was tied in with that movie I don't care movie. about seeing. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to see that either, man. Uh, wildfires was great yeah it was a hell of a fucking week for uh for comics so uh yeah thanks everybody for hanging out really appreciate it check out the bullies those are our pals are going to be streaming right here tonight on this facebook uh channel um but if you don't want to watch them on facebook go to outrightgeekery.com bunch of links up there including everything that the bullies got going on links to their social media youtube all that fun stuff uh stuff over there for us as well uh merch patreon all kinds of cool shit. So definitely check that out. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, come back tomorrow. Uh, hold on. Andy's got some. Uh, of course, selfless plug. Yes. Go to the Outrick Geekery group page. Andy's got a bunch of shit going on. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy. He will boot you if you're an asshole. He's not going to abide your guy. shit. But yeah. <laughs> but that's what makes him a good, good guy. Good time, otherwise. <laughs> uh, he's streaming over there all the time. So yeah, go over there. Uh, search on Facebook for Outrick Geekery. Go to the group. And yeah, join up. It's a whole lot of fucking fun over there. Um, uh, yeah, so we're doing this show tonight. We're going to do it again next week. But between then and now, come back tomorrow. We're going to do the preview show. Uh, I think Dave is going to be here. Hopefully, Adam shows up. I messaged Adam asking him to you know, start hanging out. I'm sure he's just busy, man. It's I'm busy pretty time. sure it's a Dave week, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it definitely is a Dave week. We're going to talk about all of the new books dropping next week. It is bound to be a lot of fun, depending on on what's coming. I think we got a Nightwing coming. So well, that's always uh, good. Yeah. So Andy says until tomorrow, that's right. Have a good one, Andy. Until tomorrow. Yeah, definitely have a good one. Uh, again, thanks for hanging out, everybody. But most of all, thanks to this guy for hanging out with this guy. No problem. We are going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Man, I, I, I wish Dave would have been here just for uh, that damn I know that would be. I'm still reeling from that popsicle thing. <laughs> I can get the gag out of my mouth.